sounds of the Anteater Kingdom on 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine. Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. Tempted to think there's no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lomesdown at your service and... Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. For What Would Arwen Do? on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM and streaming live on KUCI.org. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. the Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore, music from The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. You are listening to KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. I am Tani Tanuvio, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? Sulite, greetings. On Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time, my Govanen and Sulite to everyone listening live and online, and to my charming Hobbit co-host. Milo Longsdown at your service, as always, Elf Princess, and welcome to all of our friends that are listening not only live here on the campus of University of California in Irvine, but also throughout Orange County, California, and around the world, streaming live on the Internet at KUCI.org, 24 by 7, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days this year. <laughs> Welcome to you in the podcast arena as well. We podcast at both iTunes and KUCITalk.org. In either case, you can search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, and find us for free. For free. That's a very good word. I like that word. We'll be talking about <laughs> other free things today, won't we, Elf That Princess? we will. It's going to be wonderful. I'm so excited about some of the things that we have to share with our listeners today. And if you are tuning in for the first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Southern California, in Irvine to be more precise, what might her life look like? How would she as a modern elf 
celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures. Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question. But on this program, when challenges in life arise, or as the wizard Gandalf puts it, questions, questions that need answering, we like to ask, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering? In J.R.R. Tolkien's Mythology of Middle-Earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. I believe that Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige <clears throat> as an elf, um, the principle of noblesse oblige, which of course is French, but means that with great privilege comes responsibility. Elves would understand such things. She embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light through her courage, wisdom, beauty, her sense of humor, and her service to others. In Tolkien in The Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, <clears throat> they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So, I believe that this, quote, elven quality exists today in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service to others. And so, my hope, and I believe our hope, is that by listening in and hearing what we have to share with you and, and, uh, and the voices and, uh, of the, those that we interview and, and bring to you, that uh, you will be inspired also to your highest life. So, dear Hobbit, I'm so excited that we are here yet again, how the weeks fly by. It's amazing how time flies when you're having fun, and we have fun <laughs> at least one hour a week every week here on KUCI Irvine, the well, voice of the University of California at Irvine. Actually, I don't think it would be fair to say that we have um, fun for an hour because you and I have fun for about an hour and a half before we ever get here. That's Ta right. Talking as about the show. <laughs> talking about the show and happenings and and what's happening in our own lives and the world around us. It's an amazing time to live in human history. And <clears throat> so we have wonderful things to talk about today. Um, I'd like to say a special hello to any of our friends who might be listening here from the Southern California area. Of course, our frequency is 88.9 FM on the radio dial. We broadcast to most of Orange County, but you also can catch us through the Internet. And so, special to hello to anyone that may be listening, especially members of my favorite um, Tolkien message board, uh, Tork, the one ring com, where... Um, I've met many of the people there, Vana and Guru, who just celebrated their anniversary this wow, month. Yes, wonderful. And they met on a Tolkien message board, uh, which is wonderful. I've got I got to meet them in person up in Toronto at the gathering, mm -hmm. and uh, Scribbles, who may be listening up in 
Canada, <clears throat> to any friends that we have over on the East Coast, Roe might be listening from Escondido, and to any of our friends who are listening in through podcasts. The world is a wonderful, amazing place of this technology that is like the Pelinteria. It, it, it connects us with all parts of the globe. There's so much magic surrounding us. I'd like to say hello to my friends Chuck and Donna, Martin, who is probably listening by podcast in Canada, in the beautiful city mm. of Toronto, and my various nieces and nephews who listen on podcast in the gym or as they drive to and from work. Hello. Well, <clears throat> hello. Is in, in fact, uh, hello, hello, because we have so many wonderful... Um, changes today. <laughs> uh, for those of you who may have tuned in last year, we announced that this week we would be having an interview with uh, Jeannie Denholm, uh, the owner of Scape Gallery. And there's a special, special exhibit going on right now at Scape Gallery in conjunction with an exhibit that she uh, curated <clears throat> and put together at the House of Balsamic in Irvine. And it's called Speak for the Trees, which, my dear Hobbit friend, I have to say... My um, involvement with this, uh, first through meeting Andrea over at the Orange County, over at Orange Coast College, where <clears throat> there was an exhibit of uh, Speak for the Trees, has just been life-changing for me on so many levels. I've been a great lover of trees for a long time. But um, anyway, we'll hear, hear more about that later. But yes. um, she uh, was not able to come this week, but we will be having her on next week. And the exhibit is, in fact, still going on down at Scape Gallery, which is in Corona Del Mar. You can visit their website, Scape Site. It's S-C-A-P-E-S-I-T-E dot com and uh, find out all about that. And also the House of Balsamic. There's a large, beautiful exhibit of Speak for the Trees going on over at the House of Balsamic in Irvine. Which, by the way, is a <coughs> wonderful place to taste balsamic, what uh, some of us that are uneducated call balsamic vinegar, but balsamic vinegar is not, it doesn't taste like a vinegar. It tastes like, it tastes like liquid uh, velvet midnight. Yes. Well, <clears throat> and I know hobbits share a love for fine breads with elves. Oh my gosh, yes. And uh, one of the things that I think is just one of the, just an amazing thing in the world is balsamic vinegar and olive oil with just a, a good chunk of good bread. It's it's unbelievable how such a simple thing can explode in your mouth with depths of sunshine mm -hmm. and starlight and earth and wind and a little bit of fire mm -hmm. and, and a hint of rain from the olive oil. It's amazing what really simple food can sometimes just be out of this world. Wonderful. And I'm hoping at some point that we can interview the fine folks over at Halsell Balsamic just about what it is that they're up to over there, which their mission really is to um, educate and introduce people to the wonders of balsamic, <clears throat> which are so much more than just, um, you know, that little balsamic vinegar that you may pick up at Trader Joe's or at your, your local market. <clears throat> but we can talk about that more we next can. week and weeks to come. And. So, but I think that you are rather anxious to share with us some movie news. Oh my gosh, there's so much wonderful things. We'll be getting let's get a little let's get a little Hobbit music yes, going. Let's here. have some Hobbit music in the background and because we are talking about mostly news that relates to the Hobbit. The Hobbit is a book by J.R.R. Tolkien, published in 1937, which is going to be 
produced, is being produced currently as two separate films, one that will be released December 14th, 2012, and the other one December 13th, 2013, directed by Peter Jackson, based on a script by him and Guillermo del Toro and Philippa Boyens, and just wonderful work. So we like to give news. Of course, they are currently filming in New Zealand. And Orlando Bloom was interviewed on TV3 New Zealand. You can go to www.3, that's the number 3, news.co.nz, and search for Orlando Bloom, and you'll, you'll hit this. It's him talking about the Hobbit movie, his new movie, The Three Musketeers, and diapers, <laughs> because he, <laughs> diapers? Is a, he is a new father. Ah. Actor Orlando Bloom has been granted leave from filming The Hobbit in Wellington to promote his latest 3D film, The Three Musketeers, in Sydney. It was another chance for the actor to don tights and a sword, as he did so brilliantly in the, in the swashbuckling movies that he made with Johnny Depp, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. He is not a musketeer in this film, but rather the flamboyant Duke of Buckingham, the musketeer's well-dressed enemy, and the reason France is set to go to war with England. In any case, (laughs) Bloom talks a lot about that, but he also talks about different tights, those of Legolas, the elven prince of Mirkwood. He is back in Wellington after a 10-year break shooting the two 3D Hobbit movies. He says, quote, Wellington is unchanged in many ways, but I walk into Stone Street Studios, and that has definitely grown, he says. Bloom and his castmates called Wellington home for several years, shooting the epic Lord of the Rings trilogy back in the late 1990s. And, of course, The Return of the King, which won 11 Oscars out of 11. Mm. He continues, quote, Peter Jackson is a pretty amazing guy, end quote. Bloom has been house hunting near Wellington with his Australian supermodel wife, Miranda Kerr. He says his less glamorous role as father to seven-month-old Flynn is wonderful. I enjoy changing nappies, he says, which is the (laughs) British term for diapers. Mm -hmm. But that's not all. Now, you had mentioned Torque, theonering.com, which Mm -hmm. is a wonderful community of discussion and emoting and collaboration. And I follow the other one, Mm -hmm. theonering.net, Torn, as we call it, Mm theonering.net. Well, there's a casting call at theonering.net. Their former hostess of Hobbit in Five, which was their five-minute video clip of of news about the Hobbit movies, Rebecca Platt is moving on. She's been hired by Disney. Yes, and they need a replacement host. So this is where you come in. The producers are looking, and they're on the hunt for a new host of Hobbit in Five. And they're looking for people that live in the Charlotte, Atlanta area, feel comfortable in front of a camera, enjoy giving interviews, knowledge and passion of Tolkien Mm. and his works, knowledge and passion about the movies of Peter Jackson. So if you're interested in this, simply... Send a note to showanon at theonering.net. That's X-O-A-N-O-N at theonering.net, and they'll get back to you with the possibilities. The other thing that's And if you do um, contact them and you end up getting um, the, the job or even the, uh, an audition, contact us at askanelf at yahoo.com and tell us what your experience was. Wouldn't that be fun? I mean, I wouldn't, I'm nowhere near Charlotte, North Carolina, and I much prefer radio to TV anyway. But uh, wouldn't it be fun to actually talk to someone who, inter, you know, auditioned and got the part? That would be fabulous. So if you would please, we love hearing from audience members. Just send an email to 
askanelf at yahoo.com. That's A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F at uh, yahoo.com. But there's more news. Oh, there's my gosh. More. Well, we all heard about the reading that President Obama did as a child, right? Young reporters, that is, you know, youth, young reporters from mm-hmm. scholastic publications as part of the News Kids Press Corps asked President Obama what he uh, likes to read as a child. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I think at that age I was getting into, like, The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and stuff like that. So our president has actually read Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Oh. But even more interesting than that is a wonderful interview done by the L.A. Times, uh, the, the fine interviewer Jeff Boucher. Um, Peter Jackson and the one true Bilbo Baggins. This is at herocomplex.latimes.com from late in August. How good is Martin Freeman as Bilbo Baggins? Oscar-winning filmmaker Peter Jackson says there is simply nobody else who could star in the Hobbit epic that would do as well. Quote, he is fantastic and there is simply nobody else for the job. End quote. Jackson said during a recent break from production in New Zealand and a whirlwind trip to Southern California. You'll remember, Elf Princess, that he appeared in person as a surprise at Comic-Con in San Diego. Quote, we couldn't find anyone who was better than Freeman. He is simply fantastic, end quote. The 39-year-old Freeman, known to moviegoers for roles in Love Actually and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, was one of several actors who auditioned for the chance to portray Bilbo Baggins, the beloved character whose odyssey gives Jackson a chance to return to Middle-earth after his massive Lord of the Rings success. There was considerable fan debate about the best Hobbit for the job, but Jackson said to his mind there was, in the final analysis, very little competition. Quote, We've been shooting a bit of the second Hobbit movie because Martin, who is our Bilbo, is in England doing the next series of Sherlock, which was always part of it. He had committed to that show before he signed up for The Hobbit, and that's one of the reasons we took a little break. We haven't got much we can do without Martin because he is in so much of the film. So he took a hiatus, which let me come over here to do Comic-Con. So he's been shooting Sherlock, and he's got a few weeks to go. So there's some stuff we can do for the second movie until he gets back. And when he gets back after two or three weeks, we can carry on with the first Hobbit movie. Jackson added, quote, I can't imagine anyone else doing Bilbo, which is one of the reasons, really, we signed him up even with having the Sherlock break. Normally on a movie, you wouldn't want to do that with the schedule, but we literally couldn't figure out any other actor, and we auditioned, you know. There is no other actor, end Mm. quote. So, I mean, it's a wonderful endorsement to say. I mean, I personally can remember only a couple of instances in film history where a film's principal photography was interrupted because the star had to go off and do something else. That kind of thing was usually reserved only for Charlton Heston or John Wayne or Clark Mm. Gable, you know, Mm -hmm. really tremendous uh, titans of entertainment. And for him to do this for Martin Freeman, who is a good actor, but let's say not a John Wayne or Clark Gable yet, is an amazing thing. So that is... uh, I, I encourage our our friends to go to hcp colon slash slash herocomplex.latimes.com to read the entire interview that Jeff Hero Boucher Complex. did. <laughs> yes, herocomplex.latimes.com. That is their that is their principal movie interview site for blockbusters, mm-hmm. I would say. Yes. 
Well, really big films. Yeah, that I love. I I love that you bring these interesting things. It's so much fun. Um, I've known for years now because uh, you know I've been doing the show for six years, over six years. You've been with me for two of those years, and even six years ago, I always was hoping and you know trusting that someday we would be hearing about the coming of the next Hobbit movies. And here, finally, it's go- it's reality. They're in the filming. They've announced it's going to be hitting the theaters and it is so much fun to just um share this part of the adventure and the journey with you because um your background is a movie critic i'm just you know i'm i'm just an artist i like i go to something and it's like either i like it or i don't like it um i get caught up in different things like even with return of the king um i mean with the lord of the rings movies i loved the music so much i saw the fellowship of the ring 28 times in the theater um and sometimes I would go with focus on different things. Sometimes I would just go just to listen to the music. And I would just like listen to the whole soundtrack and hardly even pay attention to any of the scenes of the movie. Or sometimes I would go and look at the outer perimeter of things that were going on in the scenes. So um, I love, though, that you have this background in film and you can share all these little things that I would have no idea to be able to share with our listeners. Well, it is it is a privilege to be on the program with you, Elf Princess. But yes, as a as a movie fan, I generally never see a film more than once in the theater because generally I believe I capture it all. But in the case of The Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, and The Return of the King, I had to see each of them twice on original release because of the richness the richness of the photography. As you said, there's not only the principal action in each scene, but Peter Jackson has created an entire world, and the edges yeah. of the frame of the screen, there are things happening in the background, far well, see, distant always, frame left and far yeah. distant frame right, that are just amazing. Yeah. Well, I guess I always feel like, when I think about some of the movies that I've loved the most, the first movie was the hook for me, but the second viewing of it... Um, the first time seeing it was kind of the hook, but the second viewing was really the part where I got into the nuances and the richness of it. So <clears throat> I believe all of my favorite movies, uh, you know, like when, the first time I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, I thought it was such a wonderful, fun, romping, but it was like, oh my gosh, I had to go right back and see it because, I mean, to keep pace with that thing. <laughs> well, not only do things happen very quickly, but Spielberg is a master at putting a lot in a frame yes. as well. And it's exciting that Peter Jackson and Spielberg are working on on the Tintin films together. Yes. The first one with Spielberg directing and Peter Jackson producing. The second one, Peter Jackson directing and Spielberg producing. So, and that's very coming exciting. Out, uh, is that coming out um, this coming December or I is it next it, summer? I believe it comes out this December. This December, yes. Well, I have a little bit of movie-related news myself. Oh, tell me, tell me. Yes, well, I went on your favorite website. Uh, I believe it was this. TheOneRing.net. Actually, that was a, a different thing that I found out that we'll talk about later. Oh. The other thing I found out was through um, Sir Ian McKellen's website. Oh, McKellen.com. Yes. And uh, there was a wonderful article on there that talks about that Ian McKellen celebrates 50 years of acting back at the Belgrade. Wow. So um, Sir Ian McKellen will, will return to Coventry's Belgrade Theater, where he launched his theatrical career to celebrate his 50 
years of acting. Uh, he is so amazing. He is such an amazing actor. I mean, we see him a lot on movies, but he's also uh, just an incredible stage and, actor. And I regret to inform you, the people that I talk to that are really fans of the stage, of the theater, say, if you think he's good in movies, you ought to see him on stage, because they say he's two or three times better. <laughs> yes. Oh, I wish that I could. If you saw the reviews, uh, four or five years ago, he was here in Los Angeles with the Royal Shakespeare Company to do King Lear, mm. where he played King Lear, wow. and the reviews were out of, they were just out of the bounds of human belief at how good he was. Yes, and I, for one, am thrilled that he has lent his talent to the world of fantasy and science fiction, because um, a lot of time I just feel that it's so wonderful that that in these times, fantasy and science fiction are really garnering some of the great actors to uh, to enrich them. Um, I loved him in the X Men. You know, when you see great, brilliant actors like Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen do a movie Lee like X Men, it's just brilliant. And oh, yeah. then you see them on PBS. There was a documentary on there, waiting for Godot, and it was just brilliant. They only sh- they didn't show the entire play. Right, mm-hmm. but just the little scenes that showed them interacting. They did so- show some of the scenes where Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are on stage mm-hmm. there in the Waiting for Godot, and it was brilliant acting. My gosh! Yes. Well, um, the one-off performance entitled "Back at the Be- Belgrade" will be held on Sunday, September fourth. So that's this coming Sunday, September fourth, two thousand eleven. In case you happen to be in Ireland, and, <laughs> and will also raise funds for the regional playhouse. Exactly fifty years ago to exactly fifty years to the day. To the day. Yeah. After McKellen first appeared there in a nineteen sixty-one production of Robert Bolt's "A Man for All Seasons." Oh my. Oh my gosh, wouldn't that have been something to see him in? Yes. Oh my gosh. And it says, in Back at the Belgrade, McKellen will recall his time in Coventry with his subsequent career on stage and screen and answer questions from the audience. Tickets for the event uh, are available, but... um, Hopefully, maybe, I only maybe saw someone him. will. Maybe someone will. Uh, t- uh, you know, maybe they'll um, capture it on film, and and we'll get to see some of it. That would be so amazing. I hope so. I must tell you, Elf Princess. I only saw him on stage once. I was at the New York Film Festival, and they happened to have a play in town called Amadeus. Oh. And he played Salieri. Oh my goodness! And at the very beginning of the play, you see this ancient, frail, shriveled, senile old codger i mean he looked 90 Mm -hmm. and he's croaking out his last words right on stage all by himself and at the end of that three minute soliloquy all of a sudden the stage lights come up he throws off his old man's blanket and there you see a hale young hearty fully alive fully virile man in the prime of his life and like that like in one second, he changed from a 90-year-old senile, doddering old fool into a 35-year-old, alive, vibrant, brilliant composer, Salieri. Yes. It was an amazing, in the just the blink of an eye, he changed, yes. and it was just astounding. And the rest of the play was brilliant. It's one of the great nights of my life to, to remember how great he was in that play. Yes, well, and we all are so, so thrilled that, of course, he continues to uh, reprise the role of 
Gandalf, who in both Hobbit movies. Yes, in thank both you very Hobbit much. Movies. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and well, and we are going to have to be moving along. Otherwise, yes. we're not going to have time for the fun thing that we have to do. But we do have a few announcements. Yes, you have some local announcements, um, I believe, of some exciting well, stuff here, um, that's happening in September. Yes, I will let you announce this thing that which is going on. Um, oh, this is just wonderful, and this is near term, and then you can get into September. But guess what's happening on Sunday, August the twenty eighth, which would be this coming Sunday. This coming Sunday. Sunday, August the 28th, well, this was, let's see, today is Tuesday, August the 30th. So actually, oh. this was two days ago, wasn't okay, it? Okay, I guess we won't announce it. Um, we, will, yeah. we will back <laughs> you know, announce you, it. You know us elves, we, uh, we, we get caught in little time warps. But well, it's because people... thousands of years to you elves are like <laughs> a day. Know. What, you, but you I know, would urge you to go to uclaextension.edu slash writers fair, and that's UCLA extension, all one word, dot edu slash W-R-I-T-E-R-S-F-A-I-R-E. Because what they had is 65 writers and screenwriters share their expertise and tips in 24 mini-classes there up at UCLA that, that were entirely free two days ago. And they also had live streaming. And I would say it's quite possible that if you go to http colon slash slash www.ustream.tv slash channel slash writers dash fair that's w-r-i-t-e-r-s dash f-a-i-r-e it's quite possible there are still some um, recorded programs from the writers fair that you can watch well great well um i think it must have must come from having spent so much time communing in nature and uh Conversing with the trees last week that I just kind of got caught in a time warp. But there are <laughs> things coming in but September, there are things, and we have to we have to move along here because we have a wonderful interview um, that we will be playing uh, in just a few minutes um, with Howard Shore. But uh, so the two things though for locally for to encourage people. Coming up in September on Saturday, and actually both on the same day, Saturday, September 17th. What a coincidence. Yes. <laughs> the Center for Living Peace, which is right across from UCI here over in University Center, uh, will be celebrating the International Day of Peace um, with special events, free classes all day long, lots of wonderful things going on. We'll be talking a little more about that later, but you, you might want to mark your calendar. They're actually going to be showing a film. Mm, an environmental film at the end of the day, I believe, at 4.30. But they have free, like, yoga classes and workshops and things going on all day long. Uh, again, that's Saturday, um, September 17th. And their website is goodhappens.org. So uh, you can visit them at www.goodhappens.org. And maybe we'll be talking to uh, some of our friends over there. Saturday the 17th is also, though, <clears throat> a very special day in that it is, and um, we'll be letting our listeners know a little bit more about this as well as uh, as we get a little closer, the 27th Annual California Coastal Cleanup Day. So that's uh, Saturday, September 17th. There are ways to get involved all up and down the California coast. Through all, all the way from southern San Diego 
to northern San Francisco and even points north of there. Yes, and uh, of course, my dear heart belongs to the Back Bay, one of uh, California's last remaining estuaries and home to many traveling birds and and animals that also live there, but also a beautiful uh, scenic area here in Newport Beach. And it is uh, one day that they have the coastal cleanup there where you can uh, meet and work with a lot of other people and go into areas of the Back Bay that you normally can't get into the rest of the year because those are protected areas. Um, you can meet friends, and you do something really yes. good for the environment. Right. And uh, Coastal Cleanup in Upper Newport Bay, uh, it's going to take place on Saturday the 17th. It's from 8 a.m. until 1 p.m., and there are two locations. If you'd like Im- more information, you could visit uh, newportbay.org to get more information or www.backbayscienceCenter.org for more information about Coastal Cleanup Day and about getting involved either in a local park or uh, watershed area or uh, at the Back Bay. So with that, we're <laughs> we have to move We have a special, into- special treat for our listeners this afternoon. We do. I was so excited. I went to uh, the OneRing.net, your favorite uh, Tolkien information website, and they had a delightful um, little thing up there about Howard Shore. And it says, Howard Shore returns to Middle Earth. And I'm going to read just a little bit from the article there. Uh, they said that there was an article on classicfm.co.uk slash music slash interviews. Yes. So that website is www.classicfm.co.uk. And here it says, Howard Shore returns to Middle Earth. Last year, you, they're talking to the readers, you voted Howard Shore's score to The Lord of the Rings as your favorite film soundtrack. He tells us about it and about reuniting with Peter Jackson to craft The Hobbit. And it says, Howard Shore has written over 80 film scores, including the blockbusting Lord of the Rings trilogy. He spoke to Classic FM about the four-year journey it took to compose the epic films and about taking inspiration from author J.R.R. Tolkien's love of nature. So successful has his relationship with Lord of the Rings director Peter Jackson been, the pair have reunited to deliver the forthcoming Middle-Earth blockbuster the Hobbit. And so uh, this is actually an interview in three parts. <clears throat> it runs about 15 minutes, so I'm going to I'm going to start it and okay, we should would you mention, let our let our listeners yes, know? Uh, for those of you listening live, you'll be able to listen to the entire three-part interview. For those of you on podcast, I urge you to go to the onering.net which will have a pointer to classicfm.co.uk and you can listen to it because of copyright reasons we will be fading out and then fading back the 15 minutes of interview okay so here is an interview with Howard Shore on his music academy award winning music and this is QCI in Irvine there are many strands uh, to a composer's life Um, and many different routes that you can take as a composer. When did you particularly catch the film music bug? In the 70s. And I had done many things in uh, uh, music. And, uh, you know, I've been composing as a youngster when I was 10. And so when people hear it, they're also feeling those great uh, things that he put in the story, those great human characteristics that we all feel and that we all really love. 
Isn't well, that just that's, amazing? <laughs> that's just wonderful. And in particular, now I've got to watch the extended return of the king again <laughs> in the drinking scene. I've also got to search the internet with Google because there's probably some fan out there has specifically notated, you know, the exact hour and minute that you see Howard Shore's eyes. Yes, and um, I, I, there are so many, you know, because Viggo Mortensen's son is in, in it, uh, obvious, and um, Peter Jackson's children, so I'll have to look that up too. It's very interesting, that uh, interview was from uh, XM, Classic FM, uh, dot CO, dot UK. UK. And they uh, had a little thing saying, you know, we'll find out if uh, Howard Shore will be the um, top of the charts this year, which they made the announcement on Monday, yesterday. And it says, um, Howard Shore, uh, Lord of the Movie, Lord of the Movie Music Chart. The soundtrack to the Lord of the Rings topped the classic FM movie uh, music chart, reclaiming its position of last year. So again, it, cl- it claimed the position as the most beloved soundtrack. Yes. I mean, and this is like six years old, you know, this is, this is, uh, or wait a minute, 2003 yeah. to 2011 is eight years eight since years. Return of the yes. King, nearly eight years since Return of the King came out. Yes. And, um, but it is great music and it wasn't until you played me from the complete recordings, the music itself without any images that I realized how good Howard Shore's music was just standalone and how eager I am for October 15th when you and me and Roe the Shield Maiden will all see the Fellowship of the Ring concert live. Yes, and uh, at the I believe at the, the state, Honda Center. At the Honda Center. Yes, and I, I'm yes, I'm very excited about that. I think for me, um, I don't know the movie. The music was always such an integral part of the of the movies. I think that was one of the things that drew me in. I mean, I loved the imagery. I loved the actors. I loved the story. I fell in love with the elves. I fell in love with Arwen and her. Uh, you know, her rescuing Frodo there from the Nine Riders. You know, had no clue that that was never even in the books. But I mean, I was hooked and enchanted right from the beginning but loved the music and that was one of the things that was such a hot topic from uh, with so many of my friends on the message boards we were all wondering what is Howard Shore going to do for the Two Towers what is going to be the music of Rohan we couldn't wait to find out what kind of music was going to be the music of Rohan so I thought Dear Hobbit says we only have a few minutes left. We should remind folks that they are listening to What Would Arwen Do on KUCI-FM Irvine. And they can email us. We would love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you at askanelf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, at yahoo.com. And the interview that uh, we just uh, played, you can find at Classic FM. Uh, just but maybe easier, go to the OneRing.net. Yes. And it's currently on their front page, I believe. It is. And uh, it's a wonderful message board for the pointer finding out. to it. Yes, to, to find out movie news. And, of course, if you're, if you're just a talking lover and you have always wanted to have someone to discuss these things with and be welcomed into a very nurturing community, please visit theonering.com, uh, officially known many, as Torque. many message boards and many forums yes. for various kinds of discussions on the movies, the books, Music, the games. Yes, and even role-play writing stories where people write stories and adventures of Middle-earth and, and um, have characters, and it's wonderful. But we... Don't tell me that we're out of time again. (laughs) Well, we are, however... Is that cock accurate? 
it is. But I wanted to play a little bit of um, Howard Shore music because, you know, we heard from Howard Shore. And I thought it would be um, an app- appropriate for our last couple of minutes to play oh. from the uh, Rarities Archive, which is uh, from the book. This, this is the CD that is bound into the back cover of The Music of the Lord of the Rings, a book by Doug Adams, which he wrote over basically the course of eight years. Yes, I've got to get I've got to get my hands on that old book again. Um, <clears throat> but there's a wonderful track, which is the music from the Return of the King trailer. Oh, what a great so trailer. So I thought that would be a good way to uh, to close out our, our show today and invite our friends to come back. Hopefully next week we'll be back and again uh, our guest will be Jeannie Denholm and we'll be talking about speaking for the trees and tree walking tours here uh, in Southern California and um, all things that are nature. And there's so many more trees to Southern California than just palm trees. Palm trees are beautiful. There are many kinds of palm trees. And of course... But if you look just at the campus here of UCI, University of California at Irvine has been designated a tree campus because of the thousands of trees of many, many, many varieties, and they're very beautiful. I'm very excited. And just to talk some things about trees, just one little tiny, tiny thing that I will just do as a little teaser... um, uh, tree fact that, um, and I have a copy of this for you, my friend, for uh, next week. But one very interesting thing I didn't know about trees is that um, the tallest tree in the in this country is the uh, coast redwood, uh, which grow growing in Northern California. Uh, it is three hundred and sixty nine feet tall and over two thousand years old. Can imagine the years. stories that the that stories tree that has tree could to tell. tell. Yes, a single tree provides an estimated uh, um, uh, it pro- uh, produces approximately two hundred and fifty pounds of oxygen per year. So there we, you are. We have very much the to oxygen to which we need for. to stay alive. We Absolutely. better protect our trees, Elf Princess. That's right. So uh, coming up in just a few moments, uh, another show. We will not be doing Serena Sharp. We're doing some podcasts, wonderful podcasts, of uh, sharing some of the shows here on KUCI. So please stay tuned for that coming up about 5 o'clock. And uh, here is um, music from Howard Shore, Academy Award winning from music from Howard Shore. This is the music from the re- trailer of The Return of the King, Dear Hobbit. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Okay, me too. You, nobody <laughs> And here we go, Howard Shore. <laughs> 